You know, in in uh, most of the year, especially here in this late fall into winter here in Calgary, the weather has been pretty damn nice, really. I mean, we're not playing golf, but we haven't had a stretch of minus 30. We haven't had an abundance of snow. Uh, we pretty much had a brown Christmas here in Calgary. And so Chris and I are thinking it's Christmas because all of a sudden winter came here in February and it's been cold as a witch as you, 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 you know what. And uh, we got a little bit of snow, not much, but it's been cold. So this is our belated Christmas in February gift to all the listeners of Unscripted as Chris and I have decided that uh, give you guys a bit of a taste of what Freeform Friday is like here on Unscripted, but we'll play it not on a Friday. This is generally for the people on our Patreon page, our subscribers in that green and gold package that uh, they have the exclusivity to uh, listen to the Friday edition of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. But today, uh, the boss has decided, and I wholeheartedly agree, that it's time to give folks a bit of an idea, a taste of what we do on Freeform Friday. And let me tell you, it's different. Chris goes on to our Twitter page at uh, twitter.com slash unscriptedmc and finds posted comments. Chris goes through them, takes a look, finds some material. There's a lot of material to choose from. I'm watching him do it right now. And uh, he picks some topics for us to talk about. We laugh, we giggle, we get pissed off. Whatever it is that we may do, we do it here on Freeform Friday. Having said all that, I welcome you to this special edition of Freeform Friday and hand the microphone to the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke. Thank you. Yeah, you know what? We didn't really talk about that big uh, Knicks trade that happened uh, this week because right. yeah. it happened right after we recorded That's last right. week. That's right, yeah. So, um, Chris Porzingis gets yes. traded to Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Uh, Cuban got to uh, pull one over there on the hapless New York Knicks and... Uh, tons of people said stuff. I happen to like one from Ariel Helwani at Ariel Helwani. Of course, the amazing, uh, the best journalist in the world as far as I'm concerned, the MMA guy. Uh, I see a lot of people saying Knicks had to do this because Porzingis wanted out. BS. Ewing wanted out in 91 and Riley convinced him to stay. You don't get rid of someone like that at that age. A dark day because Helwani from Montreal is a a New York Knicks fan. Your thoughts on that? Well, first and foremost, there is not one person, one person from James Dolan down, in my opinion, in the Knicks organization that has cojones like Pat Riley. There's a little bit of difference. When Pat Riley speaks with his six rings ringling in your ear, brings credibility to the table. There is not one person on the Knicks staff, Steve Mills. um, I don't know who the of those idiots are. These are the guys that took over after, after Phil Jackson was supposed to come in and save the world, and all he did was put the Knicks in some kind of salary cap hell that they can't escape. And the only way they could escape from this was to make a trade like this. They got rid of Porzingis, and they don't have to pay him what they're going to pay a couple of big free agents in this offseason. I personally, folks, um, when Chris says that this guy is one of the best reporters in the world, I believe him because I trust Chris that much. But I have the right to disagree in this regard. And I know you're a Knicks fan. Chris Chris has told me. And I know what it's like when your favorite team does something that you may not agree with. But I got to tell you that this was good for the Knicks because they now have $71 million in potential uh, salary cap spending next year in a free agent class that includes LeBron, excuse me, uh, Kevin Durant and a lot of other high-priced talent. So... Uh, the only way that the Knicks and their fans will ever get a deserved winner 
in the world's most, it's not the biggest city, but it's probably one of the most exciting, New York City, the media capital of the world for sure. The Knicks need a championship, folks. It's been since 1971 and then again in 73. And 73 to 2019 is too goddamn long for the New York Knicks to not have celebrated a championship. The best way for the Knicks to do is to spend money. And they're going to have to get a Kevin Durant and they're going to have to bring somebody in with Durant and let the good times roll. The New York Knicks fans do not deserve or should have to go through a total rebuild because this team's been rebuilding since 1970-fucking-three. Yeah, I can see that they're going to try to sign Durant and a couple other guys and be good maybe as soon as next year. I don't know. This was a controversial thing to do, though. Well, but really, if if Porzingis had the meeting, supposedly, with Steve Mills and some other guy. Steve Mills is the vice president of basketball operations. Their general manager, I don't know his name. I think it's Scott Perry, but I'm not sure. But anyway, Porzingis met with these two guys, and he said, I don't want to be here anymore. And within five, the meeting was over, supposedly, in five minutes. They're like, okay, go. We appreciate your honesty. Get the fuck out. And about two hours later, he was a Dallas Maverick. Um. Kristaps Porzingis is a good basketball player. He was the fourth overall draft pick a couple of years ago. Um, Obviously, European, Lithuanian, or whatever he is, he is a very, very good basketball player. But if you have the opportunity to get Kevin Durant, and you have the opportunity to get a couple other guys that actually want to be there and play for David Fitzdale, I think the Knicks have done something good, something positive. They know their situation. This isn't like the Charlotte Hornets. This isn't like the, oh, I don't know, the New Orleans Pelicans. No one wants to play there. New York will attract a crowd. They will get, they've been overpaying players for years. This is the city that owes Bobby Bonilla until the year 2031, (laughs) for Christ's sake. And Bobby Bonilla hasn't played for the New York Knicks, Knicks, Mets, whatever, the baseball team, since the late 90s. And he was smart enough to get a contract that'll pay him till 2031. New York will pay. Kevin Durant will play in New York. I wouldn't worry, Knicks fans. You've waited this long. Wait a couple more months, one more season, and the Knicks will be prevalent in the NBA, I believe, next year. Well, we've talked a lot about four first-round picks, which apparently the Wolves could have gotten for Butler. And uh, yeah, is, right. is what the what they... What you know? That's the th- new thing to throw in four first round picks. Uh, maybe if I'm New York and I'm sending Przingis, maybe ask for four first round picks in that situation. Think about this, and I'd I'd appreciate your opinion on this. And if you are, if you are uh, just tuning in, we are uh, enjoying a special edition, the uh, the boss's special of Freeform Friday for our regular weekday listeners on Unscripted, and uh, we're talking about the trade deadline and the New York Knicks actions as per as part of it. But is there a player right now in the NBA that is worth four number one draft picks? I can think of two. LeBron and Steph. I don't even include LeBron. You know why? LeBron's 34 years old. I have two. Steph? One. Who's the other? For you, well, if it was someone else, I'd say Harden, but I don't think you're gonna. I'm not, not, not James not, Harden. Not, I know. I know. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis, okay. Those two guys are franchise building blocks. Sure. Yeah. No, they're worth it. Yeah. I think there are only two guys in this league that you should be able to get four draft picks for. Number one draft picks for. I really believe that. Oh. I don't put Harden in there because he doesn't play defense. Um, KD. I don't know. You know that that may be borderline. But for two that I have in there right now is Steph Curry 
and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Man, and good. LeBron James, if he's 28 instead of 34, he's obviously in there. But at 34, four to number ones is a lot yeah, to give up. Yeah, tough. Fair enough. Anyway, I just thought there were a couple other good tweets about the trade. When the trade happened, Deadspin at Deadspin said, Update, what the fuck? That was their headline. <laughs> and then Joel Embiid at Joel Embiid said, LOL, uh, LOL, 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 which is laugh out yeah, loud a million yeah. times. So anyway, uh, I don't know if you saw this. PGA Tour at PGA Tour. It was all over the place. Did you see this uh, young lady named Amy who has some challenges? Uh, she went and uh, they let her... Play. She's a golfer. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least, I don't know if she's just recreational or what, but she knows how to golf and she's good. And so uh, at the Phoenix Open, they, uh, Gary Woodland and uh, I think another guy, they played a, role, a hole with her on the 16th. They let her play with, with oh, them. Oh, how nice. And uh, she parted the hole. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was it was really really cool, and it's neat because her attitude, like I don't know what her disability is or her uh, yeah. condition or whatever it is, but like you see her, like she has one shot that I think it went in the bunker, and and you see you can hear her when she's walking there she, the whole time she's just like I got this, I got this, I got this, and uh, yeah, just an incredible attitude and just really inspiring, and uh, it was it was just a really really cool moment. So. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, you should. And uh, if anyone else out there... Nice golf swing. Oh, yeah. She, and she takes her time and just makes sure it's perfect and just follows through nicely. And uh, they were... Well, and you know, there's yeah. probably about, what, 50,000 people sitting oh, around. Oh, yeah, look, look, everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah they built it. They built the stadium around it. Mm-hmm. Basically, the 16th hole at TPC um, Scottsdale in Scottsdale, Arizona, where they play the Phoenix Open. Yeah, but anyway, uh, highly recommended... Um, I don't really need a comment, I guess, other than what you said already. But it's just a, it's just a really cool thing, and I, I hope everybody definitely uh, checks it out. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's try some non-sports stuff here. Non-sports so, stuff. Okay. Okay. Jen Royal at Jen underscore Royal. I just blew my nose into a McDonald's receipt. Who anyone want to go on a date? And <laughs> and uh, so any any memories? <laughs> if of she's the... picking up, if she's picking up <laughs> dates at McDonald's, that poor girl's got more problems than she wants to admit. Oh man, any I remember... memories of what? Uh, when you were uh, younger, and just uh, like any terrible dates you ever went on or anything. Oh like that? God. <laughs> I oh god yes, oh god yes. I had um, I had this girl that I was in love with in San Antonio, Texas. Um, but we could. It sounds never... like a country song. It does, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> but... Girls in love with in San, San Antonio, Antonio Texas. Texas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you play a country song backwards, and you get your wife back, your house <laughs> yeah, back, yeah, and your yeah, car back. Yeah. You know. Um, and we just couldn't connect. And then we finally connected, and it was the worst date ever. <laughs> it just. She was all into herself, and I was pretty self-absorbed with myself at the time, if you could believe that, and uh, <laughs> it just didn't work, and I think I think I may have stopped the car when I drove her home, but I wouldn't bet on it. I just think uh, the door opened, and I basically just kicked her ass out. It was just, oh, just two alpha males, <laughs> if you can picture that. But it happened to be a female instead who was gorgeous. Oh, boy. Physically, she was just... I mean, I think I probably tried to get a date with this chick for six months, and I finally did. And then we finally got together, and it was just a disaster. <laughs> oh, that's fun. No, it really wasn't at that time, but because, you know, I had grandiose plans, because this girl was just... Uh, this girl was something you'd see on a Sports Illustrated... Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was... Oh, she was outstanding. Oh, I'd have a million. Except stories. then she opened her mouth and yeah. not for the right reasons, and uh, it just went downhill. From oh, there. geez, I'd, I'd have a million. I haven't thought about them in a while, but just I had. 
I remember I picked up a girl one time and I thought she looked nice. And then uh, like a minute in, she's like, oh, if, I forget how she worded it, but like, oh, if I'm not like, you know, good looking enough, you can take me home or you can like <laughs> drop, take me back and drop me. I'm like, what? I'm like, fuck, you need some more confidence than that. Like, I know people have low self-esteem, but Jesus, that was. <laughs> you don't even take her home. You just run away. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> I don't know. I remember I had this uh, customer like this. So I was probably 30, early, th- very early 30s. And she would have been maybe, I don't know, 40 to 45. Right, right. And, um, she, oh, you're after cougars. Well, it, so what happened was she was, she had a, a married a friend of a friend a long time ago. Oh, okay. And they'd been broke up for a long, and they got divorced from a long time ago. I barely knew this other guy. I, but a uh, good friend of mine, his friend had been married forever ago. I met this other guy once or something. And so uh, she was a customer of mine at one of my jobs, one of my oh, clients. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, here in Calgary? Here in Calgary, yeah, okay. yeah. And yeah. so then, uh yeah very good looking like very very like noticeably like stands out in the car like tall and just like very very noticeable Mm -hmm. and uh yeah we went out and and i remember she didn't ask me a single question and it's and i've been on a lot of dates. i've been i always tell people i think i've been on a hundred first dates in my life i think that's the only time well it's got to be the only time that's ever happened literally it was just her talking about herself not even like a little bit like you know some little thing about like nothing just her talking about herself the entire time without me getting word in edgewise. So that would have been uncomfortable for you. For damn sure. It <laughs> hey, I, I think I'm a good listener. Oh, I know I, you're a good listener, I but don't... you have opinions to share. Well, well geez, I'm not even I'm not even getting that far. Like, how are you? <laughs> how about how are you? How about that one? No, well, I can't figure out why you're single. Holy crap. Anything should be nuts too. But anyway. What's the worst thing you've ever done to a date? Worst thing. The worst ever, thing you've ever I'm done. I'm a sweetheart. I, was I, like, you, I know you I, are. Yeah. I was always. I never got anything out of you know. Being I mean, what did you? I I don't know. Oh, I oh I. <laughs> hell yeah. What did you do? Oh, I oh yeah. I. I don't know. I was living been. in Los Angeles, <laughs> and there was this really nice girl, and um. But I just. I don't know. She she okay. Here's the problem. Okay. Here's here's the problem. She had a kid. Okay. Well, but see, I wasn't ready. I'm in my 20s. I'm 39. I'm still not ready. Well, okay, see? <laughs> yeah. So I just, this was, she was a very sweet girl. She yeah. really was, but I couldn't for the life of me. I I, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there in the morning, folks. Yeah, I sure yeah. as hell didn't want to be there to wake up with her and then have to feed her a goddamn kid. You chewed off her arm, your arm to get no, out, or no. you sewed it back on? No, we were about to go to bed. Yeah, and she had to go get ready. You know how yeah, we yeah, would go yeah, to yeah. the bathroom and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and I left. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I I couldn't do it. I just wow. That's that's commitment. I thought. Well, but I thought it was better to do it that way than well, than, it actually is than get involved with yeah. the woman. But wow. it devastated her. Oh my God! Now thank God this was before email and text and Social shit like media that. And stuff. I'd have been a, roasted as a pig. <laughs> well, but, and but, I probably will now. But well, but technically, it'd be worse if you actually used her. I would think so. Absolutely. I think I was showing some social decorum. But she came by my work, and she came by. She knew that we had a softball game on the weekends, and she knew where it was because she was part of the group there for a while. But when it came time to, I just couldn't. Well, and I tried to tell her. I said, you know, I'm a little uncomfortable. I mean, I, I, I like your kid, but I don't love your kid. 
<laughs> because again, I'm being honest though. That's I, great. I, I'm being honest. I wasn't ready for instant family. It would, probably would have been a lot. Like part of it's too. In addition to everything else, though, she's all like getting ready, and then I your know. Other, so they probably I know. if you would have just said, you know what, I can't do this. I'm really sorry. And if you would have just done that, and I should have never out. gone. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know. But you know, one head starts talking. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I, I, I probably would have uh, left. Uh, I don't know, five to ten minutes later after you did. Let's just say that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Anyway, one more thing I wanted to say about the the, the next stuff because there were a lot of there was so many great things on on Twitter. Uh, it's, it's funny because Adrian, however you say his name, Wojnarowski. Oh, uh, from uh, the Waj from ESPN. Yeah, Waj, yeah. yeah, whatever. So he, he was the one who broke the story, but he originally mistyped the tweet. So he actually is thinking New York. So he accidentally tweeted out before anyone had tweeted about this. New York is finalizing a deal to acquire Kristaps Porzingis. Oh, Jesus. So, of course, someone's an idiot at someone's <laughs> idiot <laughs> came on and said, only the Knicks would try to trade for a player they already have, which is actually a really good comment. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, okay. Uh, the store next door at TSN DNS. Wonderful, wonderful uh, group this is. They're based in Halifax. What they do is they take... Um, people who have disabilities or have trouble getting jobs due to certain conditions or whatever, and they get them to make furniture and that type of stuff out of old hockey sticks. And really? it, it's a really cool thing. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've tried to retweet them to our, you know, 1500 plus followers and, and they, and that if you do, they, they send you something, oh, thank you so much. And they're just wonderful. But they actually had a really neat uh, post that they had on uh, Twitter here, which was the first testicular guard, the cup was used in hockey in 1874, and the first helmet was used in 1974. <laughs> that means it only took 100 years for men to realize their brain is also important. <laughs> oh, I love it. That is so funny. <laughs> the cup 100 years before the helmet. Yeah. Where's our priorities yeah, exactly. here, guys? Yeah. Let's protect the jewels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So We do think with... Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's funny. Okay. That is really funny. <laughs> the takeout at the takeout. I like talking about bad dates. <laughs> I thought when you were talking about McDonald's, I thought you were talking about my to my illustrious career. That was my first legitimate job. Oh no, was working at a McDonald's. I, like I always say, the and I put it in the last art, the last blog I wrote too. I was interviewing at the Royal Vancouver Yacht Club. How is that for pretentious sounding? And I was interviewing there to be a banquet server, and I got it. I mean, it was just for like you know for December of. Oh, four, like for this, for the Christmas season when they have constant events. Um, but I made really good money there for a month. It was great. Uh, but uh, when they interviewed me, yeah, the guy just out of nowhere is just like, hey, did you ever work at McDonald's? And I said, no. And he's like, oh, well, I, I, it would have been nice to see that. And I thought he was joking and he was dead serious because McDonald's has a world famous training program and people look for that. And that's why when I wrote my blog about Josh Rosen, uh, and he's like, oh, and he actually said, oh, I, it's not like I have to work at McDonald's or something if football doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, I'm like, well, I'm not sure you would be able to because you need a work ethic to work at McDonald's. Right. And my wife worked at McDonald's. I and, worked uh, at McDonald's. Um, you know, um, our buddy Ryan's wife, Nicole, she worked at McDonald's for a long time, I think. And it's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a job that a lot of people want to see on a resume, Absolutely. even at the Royal Vancouver Yacht Club. So, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, uh, Hey, listen, I have nothing but good things to say about McDonald's in regard to having worked there. Um, I just, uh, I think for 
16-year-old kid. Uh, that's as early as you can legally work in the United States. Uh, I think that it was a good job. You, They made you accountable for being on time, and I think there were a few life, life lessons that could have been learned there. I'm telling you, folks, in the economic uh, society that we live in today, you could do a lot worse than working at McDonald's. Absolutely. Uh, okay, the takeout at the takeout. Speaking of fast food, KFC testing Cheetos fried chicken sandwich in fortunate southern states where I would have put unfortunate. And yeah, it's a fried chicken sandwich and it's got Cheetos on it. It's got it. Cheetos. You know what this is? What's that? I'll tell you what this is. This is uh, this is uh, Popeye's chicken is kicking Kentucky Fried yes. Chicken's ass. Yeah. And that's why you have to come up with gimmick shit like this. Who wants a chicken a grilled or not, I mean, it's not even grilled. That's a, a deep fried chicken burger with Cheetos. I mean, Jesus Christ, I just had a heart attack and it gives me one looking at that. Um, this is called KFC is getting its ass kicked and they're not used to it. And they, they're, uh, they're having to come up with what they think are creative alternatives. But folks, no, that's the one, you know, and going back to McDonald's. McDonald's, there's there's a reason when you drive by a McDonald's thing and it says 19 billion served or whatever is because they roll with the times. McDonald's has done, I think, an, an excellent job through the years. Their burgers were, you know, kind of starting to be taken away by other places, chicken sandwiches. So all of a sudden they bring in deli sandwiches. McDonald's is always, I got to give them credit. McDonald's is always trying, uh, you know, to stay with the times, but they're not afraid to experiment and try to see if something works. And you got to give yeah. them credit for that. No, really. McDonald's and Coke actually who are clear number ones in their field. Yeah, and it's not, they never coast on anything. They're always, number one, spending more on marketing than anyone else. And number two, trying to innovate faster than anyone else. And uh, it's it's a real good lesson, I think, for something. It's, it's a good lesson for Apple, frankly, who does spend yeah. the money on marketing, but not on innovation. They try yeah. to refine products. Uh, so, uh, yeah, good for McDonald's and Coke, I think, for uh, really working hard to stay on top of their fields. Oh, this will be a fun one. GBP Daily at GBP Daily asks the question, and I know exactly what Mike's going to say, but I'll let you hear the expletives for yourself. Should the Packers try and sign linebacker Anthony Barr or go a different route? Should the Packers sign Barr? Absolutely. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say No, that. you know what? I, 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 you know what? There would be a need for an obviously a very good conversation between Barr and Rodgers, but the, excuse me, the Packers are so desperate to improve that defense. And thank God somebody, whether it was Matt LaFleur or Brian Gutekunst or somebody, but thankfully somebody was smart enough to keep Petten on board because even though the numbers may not reflect it, their defense was better this year with Mike Petten coordinating it over Dom Capers. And I think with some pieces and some health, the Packer defense can improve. But listen, folks, at this point in the game, when you've been paying two pieces of shit named Clay Matthews and uh, Perry, to play outside line, Nick Perry to play outside linebacker and get zero penetra penetration this year from a rush position. You've got to try to improve the team in any way that you can. And Anthony Barr would be an improvement for the Green Bay Packers. They'd have to put him and Rodgers would have to have a discussion, and it would probably want to witness by Packer Nation. But I think Packer Nation is also smart enough to know that Anthony Barr can help us win some football games. And if you can help the Green Bay Packers win football games, we don't give a damn where you come from. So there would have to be a conversation, but I think that Anthony Barr could help the Packers win some games. Mm -hmm. Okay, Vagerville Ford at Vague Ford said today... Vagerville, where do I know that from? Uh, well, it's, uh, that's where the big Easter egg is in northern Alberta. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah, well, that's I, I heard it. It's mm -hmm. where Ed Stelmack's from. 
Ah, uh, yes, the former premier of Alberta. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, Vigerville Ford says on Twitter, Today, Calgary Mayor Nahid Nenshi said that not, Albert, not all Albertans are, quote, F-350 driving cavemen. Well, I appreciate his mentioning a Ford product. I wonder if he is suggesting that some Albertans are cavemen. I think he is going to want a do-over for that one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, you know, I got into a discussion. I'm in this uh, class and have been now for almost uh, almost a month and um it's it's a it's a class to revitalize uh my interview skills and uh in regard to you know job placement and then they help you and it's really a, a great program and i'm appreciative but i got into a huge discussion the other day about nahid denshi and they wanted to roast me but after the discussion was over everybody was on my side it was amazing mm-hmm. And, you know, Chris and I have mentioned this many times because we're not Nenshi fans. And uh, But our esteemed mayor has done nothing but fuck up this city since he took on the world and came away smelling like a rose when he was named mayor of the, of the world <laughs> in 2013 <laughs> because he stood in front of a camera in a windbreaker exactly. when there was going through the, uh, the uh, floods of June of 2013 here in Calgary. Our, our worship has done nothing in this city. And you sit here at these job fairs and these workshops, and there are very qualified people. And I, I had to get over this, but it was helpful to go to this class and see that I'm not the only one affected by poor government in Alberta. Oh, yeah, yeah. And our poor, gover- poor government in Alberta is led by not only the Harvard-educated idiot, Mr. Nenshi, but also the NDP premier, uh, whatever her name is, uh, oh, Notley. Notley, yeah, Rachel Notley. Our local and provincial government and is, federal and federal, but All three. I, I hadn't even gotten there yet. <laughs> um, our federal government doesn't know that there's cities west of Ontario. Um, people, you know, it's amazing. I've I've talked to I don't know how many people. I've been here how many years, and I don't know how many times I've heard about the '80s when when our federal representative's father Trudeau was running the country. And it's the same damn thing. Of course, he's forgotten about Western Canada. And he never knew about it. And it's it's if you live in Ontario or Quebec, you're loving life, or the Maritimes, you're loving life right now. But in the west, west of Ontario, or I'll even be more specific, west of Toronto, yeah, um, they forget about you up here. It is it is, you know, and I'll say this, Mr. Trump in the states takes a lot of the uh, a lot of the. He takes a lot of the hits for what he's doing in the United States, but what he's doing in the United States resonates in Canada too, and he makes all the headlines and hides some of the inequities of Justin Trudeau up here in Canada. But let me tell you, folks, Justin Trudeau, if people could do it over again, I'd like to see if they'd re-vote him in. They would in eastern Canada, where unfortunately 65% of the voting capital is. But my God, he's screwing up Canada. No. All of our leaders right now are all of are our leaders are terrible. screwing it up. But we, I got into a, got, getting back to Nancy. We got into a conversation about Nancy, and of course, this woman happened to be of East Indian descent, and so of course, it was like it was like trying to run. You know, for me, it's like trying to dunk on a ten foot basket. It ain't going to happen. I didn't have a chance. I brought up very good points, and I kept my cool. But this lady. Well, we have the we we should be uh, we should be honored to have somebody of the capabilities of Mr. Nenshi in front office in Calgary. How does the buffet help us? I don't know. 
I, I said to her, I said, ma'am, with all respect, what has he done to help us? And I've always asked that too. I've, I've asked that. I've been sitting in a room full of Nenshi supporters and I have said, okay, well, you like him. That's great. Um, what has he done that you've liked? Name one policy of his that you like and nobody can name anything. It's just this Absolutely. sort of... I'd like to have a beer with him. And frankly, no, you wouldn't, because as this comment proves, he's a stuck-up Harvard, you know, ignoramus who just who is... Who actually is supposed to not be a drinker because he has a, he's of Muslim descent. So you're not supposed to drink. I remember a couple of years ago, you've heard of the, the Muslim holiday, Ramadan. Yeah. Where they, of course, they, they fast for 30 days, and, and uh, obviously you're not supposed to, you know, drink. But especially during Ramadan, and of course one year... When Nenchi's in control, Ramadan falls during Stampede, which is the world's biggest joke for the 10 days. And we've certainly discussed our love of Stampede on on, uh, on uh, Unscripted before. But he was caught on camera drinking during Stampede. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, he's... Uh... But he's he claims to be a devout Muslim. And if you observe, if you observe Ramadan, you're not supposed to drink, eat, or anything from, dusk, or from dawn till dusk. Yeah. And here he is at Stampede yeah. drinking. What a guy. So he's a hypocrite moron, too. Oh, well, no, that, and that nothing warms my heart like knowing that that guy is a hypocrite because that just makes me, makes me, makes me very, very happy. Okay. Uh, down goes Brown at Down Goes Brown. NHL, we'd like to upgrade our fourth line, but we can't do anything during the season because the salary cap makes trading too complicated. NBA, our franchise player seemed grumpy this morning, so we made a six player trade over lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we talking about here? Who got uh, traded? Who's Brown? Chris, Chris, uh, oh, sorry. It, it's about Chris Tapps for Zingas, oh, but okay. it's it's basically just, you don't have to, we've already talked about the right. trade. I just thought it was funny. Down Goes Brown is this guy named Sean McIndoe, who oh, he, he was, he's called Down Goes Brown. He's supposed to be comedy, but um, never made me laugh. But anyway, except for maybe that. Maybe that's the first time he's ever made me laugh, so that was good. Um, okay. Deadspin at Deadspin. Lindsey Vaughn announces retirement. Quote, my body is broken beyond repair. Any good Tiger Woods jokes? <laughs> In her last run, she fell. Mm, okay. She had one last run in this tournament or competition that she's in. Um, she fell. So, hey, listen, um, I don't know if there would be a more scrutinized position in life to be the first one, the first documented one. <laughs> Let's not say the first woman because Tiger still has urges. I, I like him as a golfer, folks, but I've never really agreed with his social life, but he hasn't consulted me on that. It would always be difficult to be the first documented girlfriend after all of his shenanigans of 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. You get where I'm going with this year after year after year. Be very difficult to be the first documented one. I think Lindsey Vaughn handled it with class and uh, she got out unscathed and uh, she'll do very fine. She'll be fine. She's got some man now anyway, so good for her. Okay, so um, <laughs> this this one makes me laugh. So uh, we reported, I guess last week, we talked about how Conor McGregor 
got a uh, a fifty thousand dollar fine for his role in Habib, uh, and I just I said that was bullshit. Uh, Connor actually went on Twitter and thanked the UFC and thanked the commission and thanked everybody involved and was very classy about it. So then someone named Dylan McBride at Chi underscore McBee said the fact that Connor McGregor felt the need to thank and apologize to a $4 billion company that he built for a $50,000 fine is outrageous. And then the real Connor McGregor at the Notorious MMA saw the tweet and responded and he said, he was a simple quote from Mike's buddy Jay-Z and it just says, What's 50 grand to a motherfucker like me? Can you please remind me? <laughs> I like Conor McGregor. I like that guy. I really do. Um, he sees big picture. Yes. He sees opportunity. Yep. He sees that people are going to pay, pay, pay to watch him fight the next time. And he's going to get that $50,000 back many, 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 oh, many yeah. times over. So yeah, yeah. Conor McGregor is a very good fighter. But I think of one thing I'm learning He's even a better businessman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's learned He's learned a lot here. Um, yeah, okay. Um, last one. I just want to get your quick comment on this, and then we'll end uh, this particular episode here. Uh, for the win at For the Win. It's time for the NFL to do the right thing and move the Super Bowl to Saturday night. I couldn't agree more. Really? Yes. And you know what? I have felt this, and I've wanted to talk about this for a long time, and I'm happy that you brought it up. I just didn't think that this would be something that you would entertain. But think sure. about Whatever. the ultimate party you could have. Oh, my God. And people yeah. wouldn't have to be sick and you're call right. in the you're next right. day. Yeah, you're right. You know, there were how many millions of people called in supposedly for, uh, sick from work <laughs> on Monday morning after that snooze ball that was oh, Super Bowl 53. In, in Boston. Well, not no. Like, in Boston, it would be a celebratory thing. In Los Angeles, it would be there pissed off and, you know, down in the dumps, whatever. And it's an excuse. I've thought for years. I'll even take it one step further. I've thought for years that the Super Bowl should be considered a national holiday. It is like people that don't even know football watch the Super Bowl. But I think moving it to Saturday would be freaking brilliant. Started in the late afternoon, kind of like they do now, and just let them have the game, party it up, and then after the game, my God, you could go till Sunday night. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that I really, I have, I have wondered if you'd want to talk about that for years. Sure, sure. I think that that would be brilliant, and then you wouldn't have the problems on Monday morning, and when all the people then try to call in sick on Monday morning, you call bullshit, and if they're not there, you fire their ass. Super Bowl Saturday. Super Bowl Saturday. Here we go. I think there's some merit to it. I really do. I, you know, people think I'm crazy, but you know, you think about it. My God, you party, party. Friday night pregame, Saturday game, Sunday uh, rest of Saturday night, and into Sunday postgame fun. We've got to run. Ooh, that was almost rhymed. <laughs> We've got to run on this 304th episode of Unscripted, this special free forum of uh, free forum Friday edition of our program. You can see it's a little bit different. Usually this is exclusive to our Green and Gold Club package members on our Patreon page. But today, uh, a late Christmas present because of the weather in Calgary. It looks like Christmas. It didn't look like this when the Christmas was really here, folks. But uh, we just decided to do this one to give you uh, folks, uh, give you an idea of what we do on Friday with our very special Freeform Friday. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.